Our text this evening will be taken from the the book of Acts, chapter 12. That's Acts chapter 12. We're going to read uh, verse 5, then we're going to jump down to verse 12 through 16. That's Acts 12, 5, and then 12 and 6 through 16. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but praying was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when he had considered the things, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. There were many where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to her named Rada. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly confirmed that it was, that it was even so. Then said they, It is an angel. It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I am thankful tonight that we serve a God that can do the impossible. You know, we, we often like the story, what we call a, an underdog story. The situation that Peter was in here, this would be considered an underdog story. You know, we also can look at verse in Luke eighteen twenty seven, and he said, the things, the things impossible with men is possible with God. I'm thankful the, the things that it may be impossible for man, but I am thankful that we serve a God that all things are possible. You know, I was thinking back and I was looking this up, some things that might be considered life-changing inventions, ones that maybe experts at one time or another said it was going to be impossible to invent. One of these that, that came up was considered the light bulb. Another one was the uh, automobile. Another one was the airplane, which every single time I get on an airplane, it amazes me that something that big made out of steel with some wings and a couple engines can actually fly across the country. But I'm thankful. You know, the computer was something years ago which would have seemed impossible. And we know that this list would go on and on and on of things that one time seemed impossible to invent. One thing when I was thinking about this that came to my mind was the four-minute mile. We know, according to legend, experts thought that the human body, this was not capable to do. They thought it was impossible for man to run a four-minute mile. We know in the 1940s, the mile record at that point was pushed to four minutes and one second, which is quite interesting, and that stood for nine years. There was probably those at that time thought that the four-minute mile would not be broken. But we know that on May 6, 1954, a man by the name of Roger Bannister broke, which was called the four-minute barrier. You know, with man, there are limitations 
But with God, there is no limitations. It's probably a safe bet to assume that the three-minute mile will never be broken, the two-minute mile will never be broken, and the one-minute mile will never be broken. So man does have limitations, but with God, there will be no limitation. We know that we serve a God that is all-powerful. We know we serve a God that is all-knowing. We know we serve a God that is all-capable. And we know that we serve a God that has unlimited power. We know that we also, we serve a God that can perform miracles. There are those here tonight that could testify to God's miracle working power. But our responsibility is to believe and to have faith that God can do it. We read in Matthew chapter 9 about Jesus healing two blind men. And Jesus asked them a question. Do you believe I can make you see? That question God quite often asks us. Do you believe that I can do the miracle in your life? Do you believe that I can do the impossible in your life? They responded, yes, we believe we can receive God's blessing. And it said that Jesus touched their eyes and be, he, Jesus said, because of their faith, this will happen. Because they believed and they had faith, they were healed of that. And Jesus will do the same for us today. But going back to the, the story here of Peter escaping from prison. This chapter starts out with King Herod. And at this point, he see how it, it pleased the Jewish people when he persecuted the believers in the church. We find him killing Apostle James. With, this would have been John's brother. And it said even with a sword. And at this point, he arrested and imprisoned Peter. But this is one of the best parts of the story. It says, while Peter was in prison... The church prayed earnestly for him. The key word there is earnestly. When there is a problem and there is something that seems impossible, we want to pray earnestly for that problem. Why did it look so bleak for what they were there praying for? It really did look quite impossible to see the miracle of Peter to escape. I sometimes wonder what they might have actually prayed for. Were they just praying that maybe King Agrippa would change his mind and let him go? Maybe they would, maybe they were praying for him to escape in a, in a different way that maybe one of the soldiers would help him escape. I don't know what they prayed for, but it looked quite bleak at the time. To have kind of a background of this, it says that Peter would have been placed under four squads. Each squad would have had four soldiers. He would have been chained by both hands to a soldier on each side of him. So it would have been possible for him to escape. It even says if a criminal, if a criminal escaped, the guards would suffer the penalty the prisoner would suffer. So these guards had in their own interest to not allow Peter to escape. 
But I like that Peter obeyed the angel. And when the angel asked him to get up, he got up. And at that point, we know that the chains fell off his wrists. You know, sometimes you might watch something and and you see somebody trying to uh, escape prison. And they might have a, a chain and ball and they're trying to carry that thing away. And they're not moving too fast. And then later you see maybe at a blacksmith and they're trying to remove that pin or drive that pin out of those chains. But God here, completely the chains just fell off. The angel also told Peter to get dressed, put on his sandals, put on his coat and follow him. Those are good advice to, to listen when God speaks. And it said he left. And he started to make his way out of prison. And it says he passed the first two guard stations and he passed the iron gate that led him outside. It even said that iron gate that was leading him out of the prison, it opened by itself. There's a lot of miracles in that story. There's a lot of things to man that would have been impossible. But we know with God, nothing is impossible. And God here did the impossible. We know that Peter, at this point, he goes and knocks on the door of the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where the church at this point were gathered together praying for him. You know, prayer works. And you know what? We don't always know the results of prayer, but I know prayer works. You know, and it says here by a girl by the name of Rada heard the door, heard the knocking of the door. She went and she she did not open the door, but she recognized the voice of Peter. And it said that she ran back and let everybody know that Peter is at the door. At this point, they all thought that maybe she was a little bit crazy. They even thought that maybe she was out of her mind. But after she insisted, they thought, well, it must be his angel. But I like this because Peter just patiently keeps knocking at the door. And when they finally opened that door and saw him, They were so amazed. You know, when when, sometimes when God answers our prayer, we can be so amazed. But really, we should not be amazed. We should, when we come praying and expecting, and it is the will of God, we should expect God to answer our prayers. You know, uh, one of the greatest miracles, one of the most amazing things that can happen to all of us, and that is when we get saved. That is truly the impossible. I often say there is no way to to explain salvation. You just have to receive it for yourself. And then when you receive it, you realize what that person, what somebody was telling you about it. It is the most amazing thing that somebody that is a sinner can be forgiven their sins and they can literally, I often say this, you literally feel lighter. We know that the scale doesn't change but you truly feel lighter when the Lord forgives your sins and that you know that your name is written there in that Lamb's Book of Life. You know what? The Lord wants us to come to Him as is. You know, uh, recently I came across a church name that said the church name was As Is Church. And I thought, wow, that's a good name, As Is. You know, the Lord wants us to come to Him as is. We know that as is means the buyer is buying an item in whatever condition is it presently exists. The buyer accepting all responsibility. Often when you see the word as is, 
You often see that when you buy a car. When you buy a car, that means that it comes with no warranty. And if you drive that car off the lot and it breaks down, you are fully responsible to fix that car yourself. You know, it, it's interesting to me because I, I've mentioned this a few times that I, uh, I do CrossFit. I go to the gym and every once in a while I will invite somebody to the gym and the response they will give me is, well, I want to first get in shape or I want to start working out before I start to come to the gym. You know what? The best thing you do is when I guess going to the gym is start going to the gym and not wait to get in shape before you go to the gym. But we also want spiritually, we want to, if we're not saved, we want to come as, as we are. We want to let the Lord do his work. You know, it says that Jesus, he often is re referred as the potter. And we know that we are the clay, and Jesus wants to do his handiwork. We read in Isaiah 64, 8, it says, But now, O Lord, thou art Father, we are the clay, and thou art the potter. We are all the work of thy hand. We also read in verse 45, verse 9, about the potter. This could be the maker. And it says, the, talking about the clay, the clay does not argue with the maker. It also says the clay pot does not dispute with the one who shapes it. It also says you are not doing it all wrong. We want to make sure that we come to God as is. We want to know that God is the potter that we are the clay and he knows the very best for us and he we want him to shape our life. When he shapes our life, it will be exactly how it needs to be. You know, I think some so often we can be just like that clay here. We often try to do things our own way and often as we try to do things our own way, they just seem to get messier and messier. We want to make sure that we do the way that God wants us to do it. But you know, even as when we pray or the impossible, we know there are times that we have to wait. You know, waiting can be so difficult. Sometimes we hate to wait, and at times it almost seems impossible. We like things to happen at our own time, and we like things to happen according to our plan. Waiting can mean going without an answer at times. We like answers right now. You know what, I, I often, I will hear somebody will, maybe text somebody or they'll email somebody and they won't get a response right back. And their answer is, I know they saw that text. They always have their phone on them. So no, we like answers back right away. But sometimes God makes us wait for those answers. We know that we live in a fast paced life and we know we live in a world that likes answers right away. We also read in, in Psalms 18 verse 30, it says, God's way is perfect. And we need to learn to trust in God's timing. It is nice to know that God's way is perfect. It's also nice to know we need to learn to trust in God's timing. We have to know that God's timing is the perfect timing for our lives. You know, we also, we don't like delays. You know, just recently, I, um, I guess I should say I, I tried to purchase a ladder from Amazon and really, before COVID, Amazon was quite quick. During COVID, we realized even buying things on Amazon can take a very long time. I, I, we put an order in on this ladder almost, I think, five weeks ago. 
And then three weeks or two weeks ago, we, we basically, they said, we have your ladder and we're scheduling to deliver this ladder to your house. And of course, that's when we had the snow day. So they said, well, we cannot deliver it to your house that day because it's snow. So you're going to have to reschedule another day for us to deliver this ladder. And this is after waiting three weeks already. And, and then they, um, so they schedule another appointment. And then the day that that ladder was supposed to show up, then they uh, realized that it was damaged. So they weren't going to be able to deliver it. So then two weeks go by. I still have no ladder. So finally, Diana Day calls and they had now canceled our order and there was no ladder actually coming at all. So I guess during one thing about COVID that we have learned is we have to be patient and we have to learn to wait. And I think that's a good thing even in our spiritual life. We need to wait for that perfect plan of God. We need to be patient. God wants us to be patient. He wants us to wait on his time. Uh, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything it talks about. It also mentions about in, instead of pray about everything. So don't worry about anything, but we, instead we want to pray about everything. It also lets us know to make our requests known and in everything, thank him for every single thing that God wants us to do. In closing tonight, we often hear this term pre-approved. We know this means that we are approved for a lender for a specific loan amount. We don't need to be pre-approved for the Lord. I'm thankful that we don't have to be pre-approved, that we can just come to the Lord as is. He takes us as we are. And, and when we are have humility and we have faith and we believe God can make us something great. You know, in Genesis 18, 4, 18, 14, it's God asked Abraham this question. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? We know there is nothing too hard for God. Later in Jeremiah, this question was answered. In uh, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, it let us know there is nothing too hard for the Lord. We serve a God that can do the impossible. We serve a God that there is nothing too hard. We serve a God that can help us in every situation. Just remember tonight that we serve a big God. We serve a God that can do the impossible. And God will do that for us tonight. May God bless you as we go to prayer.